welcome to Sports Trebuchet. I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. I'm Josh. And uh, follow us at Sports Trebuchet on Twitter. Visit us at sportstrebuchet.com. Feels weird saying the at there in front of the... <laughs> uh, Instagram, at Sports Trebuchet. Uh, email, sportstrebuchetpod at gmail.com. Um, let's jump straight to it. Visit this us week. at Town in America. Yeah, yeah, mail us at P.O. Box 1, Charlotte, North Carolina. Should we go on tour? We've got no fans, but big pop podcast do it. Apparently we do. Germany's been downloading like crazy. So Going to Germany. Germany. <laughs> Oktoberfest. Can you imagine going to a German tour, how great that would be? And how? Just make our own t-shirts and no one knows who we are. Just make a bunch of stickers <laughs> and just tag everything that was in sight. Just every fucking tram, every car. When I went to Iceland, there was a Brighton sticker on in Reykjavik. Really? Yeah, on one of the handrails. You think they're happy about that? Iceland? Probably not, but there All was the a vandalism. lot of stickers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stickers, so... Um, that'd be cool, man. I think if I was going to start a city that I'd want everybody to like, just, like, let get after it. If I had a restaurant, i want every wall to be just floor-to-ceiling stickers. That's cool as shit. I want to hear about it Marty cool. starting a city. Let's start a city. Let's do it. Let's start a city. The people that have done more with less in Africa in terms of starting their own countries. Um, God, next week we've got child soldiers. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. Now, now, just because I'm roughly the size of a child, does that make me count? It's a minor militia. And I don't mean the numbers. And I mean we're really back, the age. Yeah, we're bringing back a '90s soccer team from South Africa. <laughs> so, um, gross. And if you want to get that joke, listen to issue number 16. Is your daughter going to be one of our freedom fighters? Yeah, she'll be three. Uh, she's got a mink on her child. <laughs> she's the chosen one. <laughs> she's Captain Marvel, but like without she's the superpowers, she's a hero. Does she like flying through ships and destroying them? No, you know what's funny is she always asks to go up and I'll go to raise her up like really high and there's a break, there's a point where she's like, no, 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 and like just fucking bails on it. And then, but like her wanting to stop, she twists. So she's like effectively trying to just dive bomb out of my arms and spike herself. So somewhere. she is trying to go higher, higher, further, faster. Yeah, she's trying to go out like Chris Benoit. Whoa. Maybe Owen Hart. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? That's probably more. I meant the brain damage part that caused Benoit to do it. <laughs> is, she gonna, my... is she gonna murder you and your you yeah, but, your but, wife and then, and then kill Hart... herself and leave the dogs outside? But, yeah, but Owen Hart deserved it. Yeah, he's gonna build a fence to make it an enclosed pool area. Uh, let's get right to it, um, like we just planned on doing, and it's Kyle's corner. Uh, Kyle, what do you want to talk about, pal? So actually, this it's kind of nice that Josh mentioned a movie in there um, because I kind of want to get into the. Sp- Spoiler um, culture, because in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> what a weird statement! <laughs> so the spoiler, spoiler culture. culture. So in the last couple of weeks, we've you had leave milk out everywhere. It's awful. <laughs> we've had the we've had the Avengers movie come out. We've also been in the throes of Game of Thrones. So, as we can all attest to, being on social media, seeing everything, both fan bases have kind of handled. The the um, the releases of those in different ways. Whereas from in the Avengers realm, I mean, we had the directors basically come out and say, "Don't spoil anything," <clears throat> and the fan base was really really respectful of that and didn't post a lot of spoilers. They started fan like groups were 
people can go in and say, hey, this is going to be a place where you can discuss. Yeah. So if you want to discuss, go here. We saw it on <clears throat> in video games where people were, where certain uh, games were disabling chats or putting in areas where you couldn't chat, you know, during a certain game. Um, but on the other side of that, you've got Game of Thrones where the second after an episode comes out, people are making memes, people are talking about it on social media, and why do we think that is? That, like, basically we got, like, a two-week grace period for for a movie, but the second an episode of a TV show comes out that is as popular, you know, worldwide, that it's they're not like, giving it a second to breathe. I have two theories okay. on this, and one... It's very specific to the two things you're talking about. Okay. And the other one is TV versus movie. I wonder if the reason TV is because it airs at the same time for everyone, right? So everybody gets to see the show if they want to at the same time. Whereas we were lucky enough to go and watch Endgame on opening weekend. There were a lot of people who tried and didn't get tickets. So I'm wondering if there was that level of grace period simply because they weren't able to go. Whereas... The odds of you missing Game of Thrones, like, if you can't watch it on that Sunday, fine. But, like, you should probably be able to see it Monday night if you can't see it Sunday. And then you've only got to really stay off social media for 24 hours. My second theory is that, much like they're giving very different spoiler reactions, they're also giving very different overall mood reactions. And people are generally starting to shit hard on Game of Thrones. And I wonder if this is a way of lashing, lashing out at it. In terms of like, because most of the memes that come out afterwards, generally not positive. <laughs> They're generally shitting on a specific moment in the last episode and making it a joke because they see it that way. I wonder if that's, I don't know. That well, was, that's my two I think sense. It could be just as much as what's doing that, regardless of your take on, agree, on agreeing where the storyline or where the story is going. You literally end one with the funeral and a somber moment of reflection and the other one is ramping up to this finale and it's hitting a lot of speed bumps on the way. I, I think my answer to it is there was an application I think called T-versity that came out like six years ago or five years ago. And it's cool because you could follow movies and if you followed and liked these show or movies, shows, if you followed these shows during the episodes, they would have chat. It was ahead of its time in that Twitter would just eventually become that. The same way watching live sports with Twitter in hand and you're getting everybody's reaction at the same time or you're getting people all laughing at the same thing at the same time or punking on some stupid shit all at the same time. It's a very communal feel to it. Or in, in Game of Thrones, as I understand it, people all shitting over something at the same time because everybody's screen is basically black when they're fighting in a blizzard at night with no lighting. Um, that's I think, exactly one of them. I think that's probably I think that's probably the difference because like if you came in Monday and on Sunday night there was a Trailblazers game in the playoffs and they lose and someone starts talking about the game you go, hey man, no spoilers, dude. I haven't seen the game yet. You're usually laughed out of the building, right? Mm -hmm. I think the TV versus movie thing is a part of that. But, more specifically, the movie thing, there were some fun memes on things like Reddit, but, like, everyone was super respectful, and instead they were, like, 
they do like the Vince McMahon gif, right? Where he's going, like he's looking, he's getting more excited, he's getting more excited and falls out of his chair. But instead of the actual scene, it was when everybody's coming out of the portals, they were just drew a circle. And it was two circles. And it was like five circles and then six. And eventually like all the circles and Vince McMahon freaking out. And so if you've seen the movie, you get it. If you don't, it's just like, it means nothing yeah. to you. Spoilers with no context kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very fun. It is. I, I love spoilers with no context. But, uh, but I mean... I, You'd think that they're two very similar fan bases, you think? And that they're fantasy, because that's also fiction. (sighs) Right. They are are probably going to have a big crossover. So it's just funny to see one group that can't hold it together and let it breathe for 24 hours before... Or even, like, 12 hours... (laughs) Minutes, I mean, it, really. dude, like, the only thing I can relate to being on Twitter while Game of Thrones is going on, because I don't watch Game of Thrones yet, is what I wonder, I, I feel probably what other people feel that don't watch wrestling and that are on Twitter on Monday nights, because Raw takes over people's timelines, and whether you're a fan or not, like, it's almost no way to avoid it, and same thing with Game of Thrones. That's why, like, I have an idea of anything that's going on, because it's all it's on Twitter from 9 to 10 or whenever they air. Sure. Well, let's say somebody like me. I don't always just sit down at 9 o'clock and watch. Start at like 9.30, 9.45, you know. Um, if I got on social media, I would already know what the episode is, uh, is about. Yeah, yeah, which you absolutely is insane. Which, but at the same time, then you have a movie where people could live tweet it if they really wanted to. They could have their phone out in the movie theater and do it. God, they would get kicked out, I think. I think, I don't know. How, who would kick them out? Oh, the people around people them would probably would flip that shit. Especially if it was a packed theater, which it would be on the opening sure. weekend. I, we, were, we were six abreast in there. If there was someone next to me on their phone that wasn't one of us, I would have I would have told them to pack it in. And if they didn't, I probably still wouldn't have gone and reported them because I didn't want to miss the movie. <laughs> but yeah, if it was any other movie, I probably would have. Send your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's the least invested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's purely, it's got to be the live aspect of it. But there was times, so I, I pirate on my TV shows, pretty much. Sure. And there was times when, when I started watching Boardwalk Empire, and I think I watched it live. Maybe it was Westworld. I can't remember what it was. It was something that was on an HBO, though, that I wasn't going to pay for. And I knew that I had to avoid a certain section of the internet mm-hmm. because I was going to... I plan on watching it. It aired on Sundays, but it was going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know. I noticed, I noticed I needed to see it before the next Sunday. I think Game of Thrones kind of has that. I think it's just simply more people are online than ever. It's every part of the internet that you have to watch out for. And I think the part of the problem is, is like there are people like me <coughs> that wake up on a Monday morning excited to see the memes <laughs> because it makes me laugh. And I yeah. think they're catering to me. Like, sure, I'm part of the problem because I really enjoy laughing my ass off at stupid shit the next morning. And if I had to wait a week, I'd probably not even remember what I'm laughing at. Yeah. I Which is like so short-minded. I mean, do you? I, I didn't watch The Sopranos when it was on, but when the finale hit, uh, the ticket specifically, almost like that whole week, talked about it. Um, and 
every website I could think of had some kind of an article talking about it, whether it was a bad ending, good ending, whatever. Um, this is just a further extension of it. If they had a, a, a way to blast it to 250,000 followers at 9.59 instead of having to wait for their clicks earlier, it, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's probably, it's a weird way that everything moves faster. I think Marvel... It doesn't mean more, because you read all the Game of Thrones books, right? Uh, yeah, I've read them all before. So this has been uh, in the waiting for you for as long as many people for the whole Marvel thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasant surprise more than a thing like that, like because I didn't even assume... Like, I've read a lot of books, and, like, you know, there's very few that make it there, and it has to be a massive author. You Like, usually, if it's going to be a... Like, I read a shit ton of books, and normally the ones that make it to the big screen are, you know, like, guy. Stephen King. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, scholar, the dude yeah. has made an absolute mint off of books. So, like, he's just, he, to me, he was just another fantasy writer, and it was just another fantasy book that I really enjoyed because it was different to any other fantasy I'd read. So when they said there was a show, I was hype about it, and then as the show went on, and the further I realized that the fat shit wasn't ever going to finish the books, and this is what I'm going to get, I was really invested, and now this season has pissed me off a lot. Every episode is getting worse. So, like, I can understand, like, when I sit there and watch it, like, my first instinct is to vent to someone. The difference is, is, like, I vent to my wife, and people are on Twitter venting that way. Yeah. And I think that is part of the problem. The fact that they can just go online, and unfortunately, you hear what they think immediately. (laughs) But I mean, on on the other catch of that, like, if you had five other diehard fans that you were watching it with at the same time that were all talking over the show and getting reactions like that kind of sucks, right? But, like, it's yeah. great with Twitter if, if purely because you can read it and you're still not really missing a beat and you're laughing or upset about what someone said or whatever it might be. So kind of going off of that, though, um, your theory over here, Josh, about, you know, everybody's being pissed off and this is a way for them to vent. Sure. So are you... In that same vein, if... The, the, largely the reactions to Endgame have been very positive. Hugely positive. If if it wasn't a positive reaction, if they if if a large majority of the fan base thought that it was that it got fucked, that the ending got fucked, do you think that we would have seen more angry Twitter, angry spoilers coming out? Yeah, right, I think right after it, right after it happened. Could be. I mean, I as as late as. Or as early as that next Monday, it seemed like there were plenty of spoiler-respectful headlines, but articles about the Captain America thing and how it ended. Mm-hmm. And like, and because Sarah was upset with it, those happened to seek her out, and so she was, you know, reading those. So I think it was still out there, but it was, it was again, it was treading lightly because Very. it didn't want to. It's, it's. I guess you're also talking about. Marvel. A movie that's literally breaking every single record in the book. Yeah. And a franchise that collectively is just smoking anything that's ever come close to it. Smoking anything Harry Potter ever did, or Lord of the Rings ever did, or Star any Wars. extended... Or Star Wars. Yeah, Star, Wars Star Wars. Star Wars is trying to catch up to every movie every two years, and they're still getting the fucking doors blown off. Yep. Um, I wonder if that's another reason, because... Oh, already, Endgame is the second highest-grossing movie in 
Is it not you, first already? I figured it was. It's made. first, do, it's 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 first uh, globally. Domestically, it's in second, and it's only like 600 million behind. Fucking Avatar. Avatar. It'll pass Avatar by this yeah. weekend. It's got his man. Yeah, please don't let him He's a shit state hall. Yeah. How did Avatar get so big? I don't understand. How does nobody ever talk about how Avatar is? It's the only movie that's gotten that big that I've never heard anyone talk about, like in casual conversation. It's Pocahontas. Essentially is, yeah. It was it was a Christmas movie. It's Fern Gully. It was a Christmas movie and it was the first big movie they were pinning on the three D gimmick. And it was over Christmas with a lot of time off. So I think that's probably what helped them a lot because yeah, it was in theory the first big 3D movie and I mean it's 2019 and 3D has been dead for about five years so that went well you know but it's funny though it's also it's also kind of an early uh, early look with the the political aspect of it of this other race of people but in this case it was aliens getting their own destroy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you said, it's like Pocahontas, yeah. but I think it also probably translated really well to anyone that wasn't white too, which is I think, I mean, like ev- almost every there's yeah. a nation all there's nations all across the world that can relate to what happened in Avatar to Avatar specifically with military you know interjection. Not to get in too we- too in the weeds on that, <laughs> but like you know what I mean? Like Guatemala's like yeah, fuck, I see, man, they did that shit over here. <laughs> India, same thing, like every fucking country you can imagine. Yeah. I'm just sat over here. Yeah, it's your fault. It's, <laughs> it is you. It's your fault. I'm just over here like, don't know what that's like. And your Spanish lad, he's to blame too. Um, yeah. what's, what's, what's imperialism? What's, I don't know. You conquesting fuck? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you are a colonizer. Um, oh, good, thanks, you. Well, and you know what was weird? Someone mentioned, uh, or someone, what were the, the top three movies? It's Endgame Now, Avatar, and what else? Infinity War. I think Infinity, Infinity War. Wars is three. There's another one in there, too, but whoever plays... Star Wars is in there. Um, Force what? Awakens might be in there. Uh, whoever plays Gamora was in, like, all three. You yeah, she that? was. She was in... Uh, she was in... She was in Avatar. Avatar. She was in Avengers. Avengers, and she was in. Is it Lord of the Rings? Was it Pirates of the Caribbean? Could be. Are you gonna look that up, Josh? Yeah. Um. Yeah. How much money? I hope she's made a lot of money. Zoe Saldana. That's her name. Was it Star Trek? Yes, it was Star Trek. Star Trek. Mm Mm-hmm. No. That's Star the, Trek ain't on the top grossing movies. It was a franchise thing then. It was like top franchise. It, it, it the, the picture I saw was like a franchise player, and it was her playing all three parts the Avatar part, the Gamora part, the Star Trek. She was in Star Wars, was she? No. No. You sure? Yeah. So, yeah, Avatar, Avengers, Titanic. Star Trek's still one of the top franchises. She was in Titanic? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's one of the top. That's yeah. one of the top ones, though. Yeah, she was definitely in Star Trek. That's what it was. Yeah, she's she's a horror. So it wasn't the top three franchises. It was a top three. It was two of the top franchises and a top franchise. Yeah, and a franchise that made a shit ton of money in recent years. Yeah, I think that's going to have to be it because she wasn't in anything else. That I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff that did well, but she was in Pirates of the Caribbean. She was in Pirates of the Caribbean. She was in no, she was in the second one. 
That's it. Really? The Curse of the Black Pearl. That's the first one. Is it? Yes. She was in the first one. Has anyone here ever watched the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yeah. I watched the first one. Yeah. I can watch every one of them. Really? Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. That's weird. That's... Hey. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, she was in My Little Pony, the movie. Oh, what? That's Voice. wonderful. Voice she was, or was she actually... Yeah, she was actually in it. <laughs> they just painted her up and made her be a pony. Yeah, she, they just yeah, used yeah, live action. She stayed in the Avatar paint, but they just slapped a tail on her. And just no, like, they gave her one of those... Uh, she played the, the head part of like a two-person like horse costume. Yeah, yeah. And they just they <laughs> spray painted it. Very blue. campy, just... <laughs> Walking around, me too. Um, the ass is just going back. And forth. Yeah. <laughs> it's some some guy that doesn't know what they're doing. Kyle, what else you got for the corner? I think that's about it right there. That's a fairly sizable corner. That so. was a big corner, but it's actually uh, I. It's a really cool. I never really even thought about it. I just figured it was a TV movie thing, but digging in. Digging yeah. in is always fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking of digging in. There was a draft. Segway. There was an NFL draft. Um, So I thought about doing it this way, if you'd like. Uh, Instead of going like team by team, because that's going to get boring for everybody. And plus some of these names, you're not expected to know every person in the draft. They got drafted. Uh, I'm trying to think of that person that tunes in, pauses, and then comes back, and they just hear like the name uh, Chris Lindstrom, and they're just like, "Okay, well, what team are we talking about here?" <laughs> um, uh, he was the 14th overall pick. I'll have you know. I looked up, um, and a disappointing one to everyone in Atlanta, which is really great. Uh, I looked up really um, to help their line. <laughs> Football Outsiders does a team GPA, and at the end of every draft, they take the consensus like top 11 or 15 NFL draft experts. And take all their grades, combine them, and turn it into a GPA. So your obvious, like, A-plus is a 4, A is going to be a 3.8, you know, whatever that is. Sure. kind of go down. And they, they average it out across everything. So we're going to do the top. We'll focus on a team that has a top GPA per division, so eight teams. And then we'll kind of wrap up the rest of the division with the three teams' picks on the board that we're looking at on anything that kind of interests us or that we want to talk about. Um, what... Division, do you want to start with first? Here are our average GPAs. Um, I say we go NFC East, NFC North, AFC East, AFC North, and then wrap up the bottom in the same order. Southwest, Southwest. Sound. Okay, cool. So the NFC East, uh, the Washington Pro Football Team. (laughs) I just see what you did there. They, I don't get it. Uh, because they're racist, uh, a racist name. Oh, okay. I didn't, I was like, what? Um, sound. Carry so on. the GPAs in the division, the pro football team in Washington got 3.57, Eagles a 3.09, Cowboys 2.47, and Giants with 1.92, which is hilarious. Um, what was crazy to me is uh, I didn't go back, and I wish I would have, but... This has to be the first time the Washington's graded higher than any other team in like five or six years because they've been just disaster since the RG three trade and probably yeah. before then. Um, 
they they had a really 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 fucking good draft. They it's really kind did. of weird to see. Well, they got really lucky that Haskins fell with them at fifteen. Yeah, I think I, yeah. at one point I was like, "How far is he going to sink?" Like, yeah. especially when finally the, take him? especially when the Giants fucked up, and you're just like, "Okay, well, someone's going to smarten up now and get him." Um, I thought someone was going to trade up real quick and just be like. All right. Yeah. Fine. I thought there was half yeah, a chance that Jacksonville was going to take him at number seven. Like they're stealing a beer out of the supermarket. They just go and grab Dwayne Haskins and like walk out without making eye contact. <laughs> yeah. um, Dwayne Haskins is awesome for him, I think. Uh, he's accurate as fuck, which plays through that system. Mm-hmm. And he probably contributes immediately because I don't know if Colt McCoy is going to be healthy again. Because he broke his leg too, I think, didn't he? I mean, you've got Alex Smith. He can go out there and hit people with one of his the leg that God, fell did off. Did you see the picture recently of his leg? No. It's he's still walking. He's got like a walking boot on, but it's got like the frame with the bars still going through <laughs> his fucking leg. Yeah, fucking Jesus. it's yeah, it's awful. Um, I hope he retires for his sake, and yeah. I hope he has a good payday for it. But Haskins is a crazy good well, signing. Case Keenum's there. He is. I forget they got Case Keenum. Start. So Case and Dwayne Haskins are going to fight, and the death. Case probably wins the battle until like week six. Depends on how they start. Yeah, especially um, if Keenum. I mean, if Keenum gets hurt too, because he has got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Before, there's so. that's he's not very durable in general, and we'll see how Haskins is. Um, Montez Sweat dropping to twenty six is crazy, but he's uh, like a pure. He's the. Guy that's like six foot four, almost three hundred pounds, and ran like a four four forty. He's fucking insane, and it's one of those things where like even if he has kind of weak technique, that kind of speed and power that he's got is going to be a disruptor. Period. Yeah. Um, all like your rack pose or whatever to say in the Redskins canon. Um, the only other pick I wanted to point out, uh, actually two of them. Bryce Love in the fourth round is crazy. If you would have told me he would have been a fourth-round pick I two know. years ago, uh, Josh, Bryce Love played for Stanford and was he is almost a Heisman winner. Yep. He was fucking insane. The problem with Bryce Love being at Stanford is Stanford had nothing else. So Just him. So his, Basically. Yeah, so his last year, he had pretty average numbers, and they kind of just stopped using him, or he got hurt. I can't remember. I don't remember. But, but because... Everyone had nine people in the box, and you just can't like you can't do that. He came into last year being a Heisman candidate, like right off the bat. He was a suspected finalist, right? At and and, and, and as close as you can get, I think, to consensus top running back in in this class going into the oh season. really? Yeah, okay, because I knew it was supposed to be a rather uh, shallow draft for running backs. And I think I think so. only because you had the, like him and a couple other guys who just didn't fall off, but they didn't produce because teams adjusted for him mm-hmm. and the other the team didn't have anything else. Um, he interests me. I think that's a good signing, and God knows Washington does good with late-round running backs, uh, a la <laughs> Alfred Morris. And then Kevin Harmon from NC State uh, is like a no-downside receiver. I don't think he has a high ceiling, but he has a really high – Floor, and to get him with a free pick and the compensatory pick, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I also I don't hate the Terry McLaurin pick just for the continuity of him and Dwayne. No, Haskins. that's it's really it's it's really kind of smart when you consider just bringing dudes in that have a rep with each other. Yeah, especially with a guy that's really only played one year of quarterback to have that yeah. kind of security blanket, a guy that he's that he knows how he plays. And there's and there's no doubt that Washington he's had played one year. He's only he's a starter for one year in college. So he's, he's the same as Trubisky was then. Right. But he's 
just as un, unexper- inexperienced, I guess. The difference mostly being they're almost like opposite quarterbacks. Is They're almost like opposite quarterbacks. Like what Haskins has throwing, Trubisky lacks a little bit. What Trubisky has in agility and moving in the pocket, what Haskins doesn't have as much. I was just mean and inexperienced, but but that's that I've never seen Haskins play either. So but that's, that's a really I mean that's a really important thing. It used to be really rare for one year starters to even get that was always the knock on them. But then everybody quarterback coaching I think at every level has gotten better. So that's kind of been a misnomer now. Yeah. Especially right. when you go to Ohio State who's got um top talent across every position. But that, Ohio State quarterbacks have Generally, just not transition or transition very well to the NFL. I think it's been an offense thing though too, because like Troy Smith wasn't exactly NFL wasn't ready for that kind of offense then, and he was not really. It's like uh, Pat White's another good example, like a good college quarterback, but that system didn't translate. So to pull up everyone else, uh, we got the Eagles, we got the Cowboys, and we have the Giants. Um, (laughs) What is? Dexter Lawrence for the Giants is a great pickup, but he was like, I think 20 picks too early. Yeah. Based on everybody's saying. So what they basically did was they drafted a quarterback and a defensive tackle about 20, uh, 40 collective spots too early because they could have gotten both of those guys at um, 130 and at 258. No, maybe not Somewhere up there. You could have gotten Daniel Jones in the second round. 100%. Um, or anyone else, honestly. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't know either. I, I, I don't see any direction. I just needed to look at Daniel Jones' face to know it was a bad pick. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's about as white bread as it gets from an ability standpoint and in a look standpoint. Um and great successor to Eli. Yeah, it's 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 almost going to be yeah, they're not going to miss a beat in that regard because uh they just keep I, I don't know what they're doing. It's fucking crazy. And like and and the rest of their picks also didn't make much fucking sense because Dexter Lawrence way too early but he's good. DeAndre Baker, okay, still too early for him. Um God, who else? They, the kid from Old Dominion, which I've heard is probably a sneaky good pick. Yeah, he's supposed to be an athlete. Which like, is a very giant thing to do on, on the ends. Yeah, and I don't hate the Ryan Connolly linebacker pick at Wisconsin either. Um, there's really no one else in their draft that mattered to me, except <coughs> how hard that name is at the third to last pick there, the offensive tackle from Kentucky. And then the Giants doing their thing and picking another Syracuse player. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you know what? And going back to the offensive tackle, drafting a player that's got a hyphenated last name, they fucking love that. George Asafo, <laughs> a J, a G, a G, Jason Pierre-Paul, who um, may have gotten a hurt for the season. Is he? Oh, right. Yeah, he got hurt in like an accident or something. Was it fireworks again? I was going to say. No, no, I forget. I heard it yesterday. I don't remember what happened. Like, lost his other hand. <laughs> just crap <laughs> boy. Um... The the only thing I had uh, on the Cowboys... Actually, I didn't have anything on the Cowboys because, honestly, none of those are... Wow. You know what? Actually, it's funny that they draft a Michael Jackson and a Joe Jackson. That's it. That is really funny. Though. Um, but the Eagles pick, uh, Miles Sanders out of Penn State, I think is going to be a really sneaky good pick, but he's going to be buried in that chart. And then, boy, my boy, 
J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is a fucking monster of a receiver. The dude gets almost no separation. His quickness is, like, mediocre. He's got pretty good top speed. No one catches the ball around him except for him. It's either incomplete or he catches it. No one's got a chance because the dude <laughs> just fights for it. He's, he's the opposite of Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match. We're like, Dolph always made it to the top and then we get knocked off. Not JJ. <laughs> uh, not JJ. Um, um, Jason Peter Paul suffered fractured neck in a car crash. Ooh. God, there's that. rough. Yes. Was he driving? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, oh, another little quick hit. Giants decided to go an undrafted free agent sign. Uh, Eric Dungy, my boy from Syracuse, yeah, which is, as a tight end slash quarterback. It'll be interesting. I hope he. I hope he becomes a really good tight end. Although with Ingram, don't they have Evan Ingram, yes. the Giants? Yeah, who's also like a top ten tight end right now. So that's gonna be yeah, tough. He can't stay fit either. So, that's so Dungy, so him and Dungy are gonna be a match made in heaven. <laughs> One will each play half a year. Yeah, half season each. Job done. Uh, moving on to the NFC North, uh, the Vikings <laughs> had the top GPA at two point nine one. Followed by the Bears, Packers, and Lions at 2.81, 2.78, 2.53. You'll notice the difference between them and the East is how much better they are at drafting, if you trust the experts, uh, in terms of pure average grade. Not a high ceiling, but definitely a higher floor because the Giants. Consistent. (laughs) Um, So going over the Vikings, uh, whose biggest problem was what this year? Offensive line. Yeah. And healthy running backs. Yeah, well, and I think well, it was healthy running backs tied in with the uh, need to run for them, which wasn't was totally protectable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they got. It's a very good center. And Garrett Bradbury is going to be an like a supposedly an all timer type center. He's going to be like Matt Burke. Yeah, he's really, really, really good. Um, Irv Smith, who is. Great pickup. He's hoping to be because I've read a couple of interviews with him. He didn't get much playing time with Bama because their system didn't really lean for a tight end to be thrown to a whole bunch. But he's got fucking hands. But he's a run blocker too, and that's something that they'll also need. Uh, well, he's a two good tight ends with him and Kyle Rudolph. I, yeah, I forgot about Kyle Rudolph even being there. So that's going to be a really good yin to his yang, and they both can run block. It'll give Kirk Cousins somebody to. So, uh, I just feel okay about that. Alexander Madison from Boise, which is just another body. Honestly, I don't have a hot take on him. Uh, and then another guard from Oklahoma who probably sees playing time this year, almost for sure, even though he's a fourth-round pick. Um, I see why they got the grades they did, but I think there's a, a false flag is probably the wrong word. I think you have guys... And, and this doesn't mean anything to you yet, Josh, but you have uh, a linebacker from USC, a cornerback from Texas, an Oregon-wide receiver. Uh, you have big-time teams, players that don't really – Chris Boyd's pretty good, but the cornerback from Texas. But they're not – they're drafting them on school. The pedigree. Yeah, the pedigree for the school. Um, gotcha. And I think that's... Or they're grading them on the pedigree of the school. Right. Well, it's, it's just, it's just, it's affecting their... If they have two players that are identical, and you say, this guy's 22, this guy's 22, they both have the same measurables, this guy played at USC, this guy played at um, UNC Charlotte, 
USC guy is going to get picked nine times out of ten if everything else is the same. Because of the yeah. And I think that's the case with someone like that. And they drafted a long snapper out of Air Force. Um, which is... <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Uh, which means Austin Cutting is going to be in the league until my daughter graduates from high school. Because long snappers last forever. Unless they're bad. LP Latasaur. LP Latasaur for the Cowboys. has been around since... Since your ass is playing tennis. Since my ass was playing tennis. <laughs> um, anything else? Do you I, have anything? No, there's nothing really... The, the top couple picks were really selling to me. The rest of it, it's just, it seems like depth guys. It looks, it looks like a draft of someone that came up short that needed a couple playmakers or a couple key positions filled and then just needed depth everywhere else. And I could see uh, Drew Samia actually getting some playing time because their offensive line was so shit last year. And you, know, you can get a guard in the fourth round that's yeah. going to play. Especially if they do plan on running as much as they were. Um, those are bodies you can kind of roll in and run out. Uh, so the other picks for the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions. Um, I don't know my alphabet. Detroit Lions. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. I love him. <laughs> I love him too. And I don't know how he fits in. He just extends probably Matt Stafford's reign there for a little longer, which is probably good for everybody in the division because Matt Stafford can't do it. He's a good blocking tight end, too. He's an all, he's all-around great yeah. player, right? Like, yeah, so, I mean, who's the running back there? Uh, for the Lions? Yeah, um, Ke- uh, uh, no, Not no Sean Marino. Jesus Christ. Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. 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 Yeah, yeah. Johnson. If you can consider him their lead back, because he is like the eight. biggest sick note out of all of them. Yeah. They have like eight, eight running backs. It's almost as if the do. position is not dependable. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's devalued for a reason. Um, he was, I thought, a great pick for the Lions. Uh, everything else for Detroit was, I think... There was one more. They went defense, 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 defense. I didn't know what to think about the Hawaii linebacker. I just hadn't seen him play. Um, Will Harris, I've uh, I've heard good things about him from BC. The safety? Uh, I saw as much. Um, Was it the BC? uh, God, when they were there like 6-0 earlier this year, they were really good at the beginning of the year, and they got hammered. Will Harris is all over the field despite them getting torched. Um, not in a bad way, but because they're throwing away from him. Uh, Austin Bryant, you're drafting pedigree a little bit, but he's still a guy that can rotate. Um, I wanted to cover... So the Packers, I don't really care about. We all hate the Packers, right? They drafted an Aggie, too. So, like, Matt, if you're listening, Matt from Texas, uh, you know who you are. Um, they drafted two Aggies. Sternberger's a... Good tight end. That sucks. Yeah. They also got Kingsley Kiki, which is an all time name. Um, Rashawn Gary's not a bad linebacker either. Like that first pick that they had. No, it's really not. And, and at 12, I don't think it was a total reach. And I don't think that Savage at 21 was a bad pick either. The Rashawn Gary getting picked right there caused everyone else, every linebacker that was drafted in the first round after that, to be moved up 10 spots because, like, Devin Bush was an absolute reach. Yeah. Um, and Rashawn Gary was hands down the best. Uh, Brian Burns was a reach. Even though he was a really good beast in, in college, he's a reach in terms of the pro 
I think that he's going to be a good. Uh, we'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get to him. Um, I really, really, really loved, uh, and we haven't talked about the Bears. So the Bears had a good grade despite having so little picks. Um, and, and Josh, I know. So the Bears are your team, yep. right? And you were surprised when we talked about David Montgomery. David Montgomery being a good pick because we told you that the running back class was very weak. Correct. So here's the thing with David Montgomery. He runs into contact and with contact like Marshawn Lynch does. He's a monster. Um, And that's exactly the hole they needed to fill, right? Because they they traded away what's-his-face. Howard, yeah. I think you'll love him. He's he's really he's a, a really fun running back to watch. And then they just totally fuck it up by drafting Riley Ridley. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I uh, I think it's such a good grade <laughs> drafting. Duke Shelley's good. Uh, I think it's uh, Valdosta State. That I think it was purely value, right? They only had three, four, six, seven, and seven. And I think there's probably a normal strong running back class. Montgomery is probably a second-round pick or at least a late first in old NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think that's weighted there. I think the white junior kid is – I don't even know. I don't even remember seeing him play when I watched because I watched plenty of Florida Atlantic because of Lane Kiffin. And I mean, we filled holes that needed filling. It's just whether the people we filled them with are good enough. Yeah, I, I think Riley Ridley is going to be the only disappointment out of this entire and, – and if you can get Steven Denmark to – make the roster, then he's probably good enough to be a really good player. I remember Kareth White from our NCAA football dynasty that we did about a year and a half Do you? ago. Because I, I was Florida Atlantic. Okay. Well, what did you think of him controlling him <laughs> in the game? Um, he was my he was my second string running back. I didn't use him. <laughs> yeah, he was the second string this year. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um, he's fast. Moving, moving on. Anyways, I think the Bears should be happy considering they had like Three picks, really. Um, that seems to be the consensus from Bears fans who know more in college about me and you that knows more about it than me. So I'll take it. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at positions and thinking they're the ones we needed to fill so fine. Oh, for Riley's, <laughs> for Riley's sake, the best thing that can benefit Riley, Riley Ridley is the fact that his brother is Calvin, so he's going to be practicing with him a ton. And hopefully he can help because he's... Not even raw talent. The lesser like he's, brother. He's, he's clearly the lesser brother. I mean, the brother. thing is, is I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about him. But he's he's also going to be going into an attack with like Tarek Cohen, David Montgomery, Taylor Gabriel, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. Like that, we already have a lot of good wide receivers that do very different jobs. So like, if he is our new Kevin White backfill, like where we're taking a punt on someone and hoping they come good. Like, because Kevin White just never got good because he was hurt all the time. I have no doubt that he's going to be a fucking Arizona Cardinal legend now. You know what? I will say I will say the one thing that Riley really was really good at was first downs. Well, maybe. I mean, seriously, maybe he, he it's was, even he that was, that they he drafted was a, he, he was always a third down, the third down option for Georgia. It didn't always work out because everyone knew that after, like, eight games. But the fact that that's who they went to every time should give you something. I think he's got sure hands. I just don't think he's Calvin Ridley. It's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm being biased because I know how good Calvin Ridley is, and Riley ain't that. But sure. if but if Calvin is on a scale of 10 to 10, then Riley's like, cool, uh, 5 out of 10, potential to be 7, potential to be 3. 
Thank you right. Right. Uh, let's let's hop over to the AFC East, um, which shocker the Patriots have the best grade because um, they always draft so fucking well. Well, and what's crazy is how much how well the actual I think the whole well we'll see when we look at the picks. I think everybody drafted pretty well. The Dolphins at three point oh eight seems to scare me because I can't really remember. Are they giving him props on getting Josh Rosen during the draft? If, that, if they count that, then I then. Then they then that's that's right. It'll be that great. They're lumping all the AAF picks in that. Yeah, they're yeah, lumping all the all the Orlando Apollo players they added and all the Memphis players they added. It's going to be great for Josh Rosen this next year when Dolphins end up with the first pick and take Tua Tonga Vailoa and and uh, Rosen gets traded for. Oh, can you imagine if Rosen's <laughs> whole gimmick, of- Rosen's entire gimmick, is getting traded in the draft after someone replaces him in the draft every single year? <laughs> um. I grabbed the wrong team. That's the New York Giants. Uh, the New England Patriots are the best draft, and it doesn't surprise anybody. Although, I wonder, um, sidebar, maybe we can talk about later, um, the way we talked about a USC linebacker being graded higher than a UNC Charlotte linebacker, mm-hmm. I wonder if a pick that seems odd by Bill Belichick is graded higher than a pick that seems odd by a first-year, second-year head coach. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, they got, I think, uh, top two receiver. A lot of people were saying number Harry. one. Nikhil Harry was I, really good. Or Harry. Yeah. I just want to say Henry. I don't know why. I think, um, you know what? I think it might actually be Nikhil. No, I, I honestly can't. No, it's Nikhil Harry. I don't know why you get Henry. Weirdo. Um, yeah. uh, they got Chase Winovich, who's the new Clay Matthews, except a better. And, of course... It's like, oh, wide linebacker, like he's going to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. You got another running back to add to their 85 running backs. Yeah, Damian Harris is going to have three three rushing touchdowns in the next Super Bowl. And he has no business <laughs> in any of Kajust is a good lineman. Joe Juwan Williams is a great cornerback. Like, they... And then, you know, now everybody's anointing Jared Stidham as the next Tom Brady. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about Jared Stidham, too? And I'd like to maybe next time you, me, and uh, Jeff have this discussion on the college football episode. But Stidham, when he was at Baylor, was consensus like, this dude's going to be an NFL player no matter what. Because he's got everything. Mm-hmm. And then he transferred to Auburn. And surprise, Auburn has a quarterback that, like, ends up being very okay at everything but not great at anything. And it stunted his development. If they know what they're doing, Stidham will be, if not the heir apparent to Tom Brady, he'll be traded for a significant amount of money in two years to some team, whether it be right or wrong, because they develop motherfuckers. They just do. A la Garoppolo. Yeah, he'll yeah, and and like a la Matt Castle. And I think Garoppolo is better than Stidham for sure. Mm. Um, they drafted a punter in the fifth round. Happy to see it. Happy to see it. Uh, he'll be the all-time greatest punter that's ever lived. He'll, yeah, yeah he'll, 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 he will also play until my daughter graduates college um, and be just an incredible punter for years to come uh, because that's what they do. Uh, what we're doing here, we're doing the New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, and the Miami mm. Dolphins, right? Yeah. Does it drive you nuts that I'm selecting them out of order? Motherfucker. Yes, it is. So Stop doing that. Yeah, well, sorry. Um, taking off the Patriots, and we're looking at the New York Jets. Uh those, how about that? Can you tell you're in a division with Tom Brady? 
<laughs> when it's all defensive when the fir- everyone's now. first round pick is a defensive tackle a defensive tackle or it's really an edge rusher and then a defensive tackle uh, and not a single one of them are bad they're all fucking good to great I mean Quinn Williams Quinn Williams is the monster factor. <laughs> he's uh, I think I texted it to you he's Glenn Dorsey but without the motor issue yeah um, Ed Oliver I think is I think he is probably the next. Um, I think he's the next Demarcus Ware. Honestly. Really? Yeah, he's really, really good. I um, think they're going to line up in the middle more than you think. The Bills are they running a three four or the four three? Because I don't know. Because if he's four three, he's an end, and maybe he's a three technique lining up over the guard end, but he doesn't belong in the middle. Especially in the NFL, I think if you have other pieces there, he's an outside rusher. Um, I don't know. I guess he so he can play everything, which makes him so good. Mm-hmm. I hope he doesn't play at the D tackle spot, or if they play him over like the one technique between the guard and the center. I have no interest in it because if nothing else, some of those lines are going to fucking eat him up because of size, size despair. I think he's great. Uh, Cody Ford's a great pickup for the Bills. Devin Singletary is a starter for Florida Atlantic. I was trying to remember his name. Um, Looking at the Cody Ford thing, I now know why Jacksonville traded up with Buffalo in the second round. Because Jacksonville took Jawan Taylor with, yeah. the, and with the 35th pick, and clearly the Bills were trying to get a tackle. That makes sense. And they still, and, and, and they're, for them to get an extra pick, and pick up Cody Ford is still a win, I think, because Cody Ford is going to be... Jacksonville got more picks out of it. Jacksonville moved back? Jacksonville moved up, traded a second and a fourth, I think, um, and got this pick a fifth and a seventh back, I think. So not value. Value-wise, they got... Value-wise... The Bills got more, but sure. people-wise, the Jags got more. Mm-hmm. Although I guess that's determined by the careers, right? Yeah, the fact that we kept a kept our third-round pick. Um, I think sleeper here is Dawson Knox, the <coughs> in Seattle Ole Miss, who uh, I think can straight up ball. Okay. Um, and then there's really not many other people, other than uh, the funny note that Daryl Johnson Jr. got picked. And my wife saw it across the bottom feed, not seeing that it wasn't Johnston. He goes, oh, Moose's son? And I was like, I don't think he went to NCA&T, uh, which is not not exactly. Uh, I also like the uh, all-name team, uh, Blessuan Austin. Blessuan Austin. <laughs> and Andrew Van Ginkle is a fantastic Andrew Van Ginkle's pretty good. And honestly, yeah, that's the most New England Patriots name ever. Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, and for our friends at KB Mechelen will probably know him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, his <laughs> uncle is actually the trainer for the Crappers. Um, well, we didn't talk about Christian Wilkins. I think that's a good pickup by Miami. The defensive tackle from Clemson. No, yeah, for sure. He's yeah. he's um, he's not as explosive as these two, I don't think. But he's also the guy that everybody around him should be better because he's in a, he's in a demand demand attention period. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going splendidly, but it's going a little slow. Sure. So let's do this. Let's do. 
Ravens, Panthers, Cardinals, Colts, Broncos, the top of their thing, and we'll just burn through everybody else. Does that work for you? So. All right, cool. Um, so I said Ravens, Panthers, Cardinals, right? Uh, Ravens, Panthers. Who are the other teams? Don't Cardinals. Remember? Cardinals. I already got them. I guess I can just go back. Uh, Colts and Broncos. And we'll give you time for your Jags, too. Uh, what do you know? Um, the Arizona Cardinals had, I think, an absolutely incredible draft. Because they had, it was obvious they had an empty cupboard, and they did everything in their power to, uh, to redo it. So let me do this real quick. So it's a little bit easier to read here. So you had Kyler Murphy, Andy Isabella. Kyler, Kyler Murphy? Kyler Murray. You said Murphy. Did you I said Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Probably because cool. Byron Murphy's right underneath That's exactly what happened. Uh, Kyler Murray, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, Hakeem Keyshawn Butler. Johnson. I said Hakeem, right? Yeah, I, I'm just saying yes. Oh. Awesome. Yeah, Hakeem the African Dream Butler and uh, Keyshawn Johnson um, is fucking wild because you basically got an entire receiving core. And a quarterback. <laughs> now Larry Fitzgerald can retire. Yeah. Please send him out to Bastion. Um, and then at the same time, knowing that their defense is still hurting, uh, Byron Murphy added, Zach Allen, which is a great pick, added. Deontay Thompson, Huge. great pick added. Like, it was, uh, it is fucking wild how good it is. And I think what's going to end up happening, we'll see how good Kingsbury is as a head coach, but this these drafts are going to, I think, be exactly the way that um, that the Seahawks were when Pete Carroll first got in because he recruited or all, knew of all of these guys in college and didn't recruit them, but knew of them. So knows their right. scope and knows all those coaches. Uh, I, think, I think it's a great first step. It's a win for me. The Ravens. Unfortunately, got Tracy McSorley. <laughs> um, but Justice Hill's another guy. Um, Josh, that is probably a second-round pick in a normal NFL draft. Okay. By normal, I mean, I guess, like, the a pre- 1999 uh, NFL draft. Pre, You can honestly probably do a pre-spread era. When everybody's lining up with uh, three and four wide, it used to not be the thing, right? So 2005 and earlier... Those kind of drafts is what I'm usually talking about. Okay. I say it. Um, Justice Hill's a baller. Miles Boykin is great. Hollywood Brown, when he's healthy, is good. But that's that's also the thing because he's like 5'10", 160 pounds or something like that. Like he's very very. Small. Antonio Brown's brother, isn't it? Yeah, uh, cousin. Cousin or brother? He might be cousin. I think he's cousin. <laughs> uh, but he's an absolute baller. Yeah. Um, Amon Marshall's actually sneaky good. Uh, Dalen Mack is actually really good. Uh, it's clear, just like the Cardinals, that they're trying to help out their young quarterback. Yes. Very and, so. And I think... I think they do it. Because Brown and Boykin are immediately... Immediately starters. I mind. just don't know why they're starting um, Lamar Jackson. They can go out and get Colin Kaepernick. He's out there. <laughs> I, I think I picked Jackson over Cap. No, you didn't. Oh, I definitely did. No, no you definitely didn't, didn't mate. Let's feel play free to go. Feel free to go back <laughs> and listen to your earlier issue. Someone audit me there. 
It was maybe because Jackson had only played for like two weeks, right? Uh, I don't think it even properly started yet, actually. That's probably... Um, Are you looking up? No. So I was hoping to get... I was hoping to get Nastin to talk about the Panthers, uh, but I think we can just stop it with Will Greer is a great, great value grab. Should probably be starting for them. Yeah, he might. He might end up having to. I mean, yeah. Like if he if Cam goes the same way as Luck did, like we spoke with Nastar a couple of weeks ago about it. Like if he goes the way he go, he went and just screws himself by coming back too soon. They're gonna have to rely on that lap. He's a good. Step he's up, he's so. kind of got a lot of uh, Baker in him that I think his flaws won't be very visible at the at the early because he's he can fucking sling it. He's got a very. Um, he came from a Brett Favre system without the Brett Favre arm strength, so I think he's going to be, uh, at Just worst, fine. serviceable the first year, and I think potentially really good developing into it. Uh, I like the Brian Burns pick. I I like the pick in the person. I don't like the value of the 16. That was my only problem with it. Because I think... I think defensive linemen are probably getting overvalued in a lot of ways. I think it was a very, very big pick of need for the Panthers. Were there, was their line that bad? That they lost people. Julius Peppers is not there anymore. Yeah. Um, Thomas Davis is gone as well. Thomas Davis is gone now. I know he's on the line, but, but still. And, and there's been talk of them going to a 3-4, where he would be the outside linebacker, edge rusher. Then that's, that's really interesting. Then, then that's probably a really good piece to have because it was... Uh, he can stand up, he can go down. He, it was where that helped the Cowboys move to the 3-4 when they did it. Without mm-hmm. where that piece didn't work right. Um, the Broncos, uh, holy moly, I can't believe they drafted a tall quarterback. But they got Noah Fant, which is going to be awesome for Flacco and for Drew Locke eventually, I'm sure. Uh, and Juwan Winfrey is low-key a really, really good receiver. But he also had um, LaViscus Chenault in Colorado to take away some of the heat. So I'm curious if he can handle uh, the NFL. And the Colts, um, talk about an all-name team. Marvell Tell III, Rock Yassin, Ben Bonogu, Gary Green, Bobby Okariki, Kerry Willis. Is fuck. Uh, the Colts got a lot. A fucking lot of people, dude. Yeah. And... EJ Speed. And here's an interesting thing. Rocky Sin hasn't had a passing touchdown thrown against him since 2016. He's fucking insane. He's really good. And he played in the American, which did not lack offense. Like, no. there were plenty... UCF, uh, SMU Houston. when they were good, Houston, uh, still having to deal with um, uh, 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 Memphis, um... Marshall's no slouch. They're still in Conference USA. Marshall is. Yes. South Florida. South Florida is another good one. Um, it's going to be interesting, too, because I think we talked about on our postseason episode uh, on the wish list, the Colts still have, I think, the highest cap available of anybody to sign people. So for them to have, yeah, so for them to have um, what is 10 picks... Uh, either they're going to have a lot of turnover or they're going to have a lot of depth going into camp to actually try to get the best possible person. Um, let's pick... I know we're going to talk about the Jaguars, 
I also wanted to touch on the Browns. So let's do Browns and let's do the Jaguars and then we can wrap this up and move to the next segment. Kyle, um, what do you think about the Jags draft? I love it. I came out feeling really positive. First of all, Josh Allen fell into our laps. Did not expect that. I did not even think of that. I think uh, that's why I don't like the Brian Burns brick retroactively, is because Josh Allen is a seven, and there's only nine difference, nine pick difference, but talent-wise, I don't think Brian Burns fucking touches Josh. Right out of college. Sure. That's probably what I when I'm saying the overvalued thing, what I'm saying. I think that just the, the possibility of them switching to the three four is, is what really sells it yeah. for me and with with the with the Brian Burns pick. But yes, Josh Allen. We knew that we were looking for an edge rusher. Didn't think we were gonna get it in the first round because didn't think that, that was really gonna be in play in the first round. This is a super high value pick for 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 Jacksonville. Yeah. I can't complain. Well, um, how often have they messed with that pick before? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. relative to Exactly. Um, you did something weird. There. No, I did. I just oh, for some reason it took. That's just leave it like that. So. Okay. Um, second round, Juwan Taylor. I didn't want him at seven, which I've said. I love him at thirty-five. I I, I think that at that point I will take him with the thirty-five overall pick. It, sound, it sounds weird because I feel like the fifth round and sixth round you hear your project picks, mm-hmm. but when you have a tackle that the project is all pro or bust, if he has that all pro potential, which I think Juwan Taylor has, mm-hmm. second at the 35th pick is fucking a steal. Yeah, and he's going to be sliding in as your starting right tackle day one. It's that whole thing. You don't draft a right tackle with the seventh overall pick. You definitely do with the 35th. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Um, I am excited about Josh Oliver, the tight end. Everything I've heard about him is that he's uh, he's a guy that can go up and get it at the, at the highest at the highest point. With the DiFilippo um, offense, with Nick Foles, you know how he likes to, to go to tight ends. He, this could be a very sneaky good pick. Yeah. And... He's fast. He's got hands. I'm excited to see what he turns into. If, if he catches more than 40 passes, it's a win, considering his draft position. And considering the the vacuum of suck that's been the tight end position for Jacksonville <laughs> for the last for forever. Even though Mercedes Lewis was, you know. He never lived up to it. No. Right? Because it was either the Jags that couldn't keep up or. Yeah. 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 It, he wasn't what I thought we were getting out of college. Um, Quincy Williams. Been a lot of talk about him. Why did we draft this guy so high? Uh, I did kind of like that. Pretty sure that um, our GM came out and said, uh, "said I, it's not my fault that nobody does their draft homework." <laughs> yeah, which is pretty That's awesome. Dave Caldwell. We'll see. But, yeah, he's he's um he's a bit of a project, but he's he's a hard hitter. It's Quinn and Williams' br- um, brother. It's his older brother. He's Riley Ridley with the defense. Sure. He's 
He's Quentin Williams, but never hit a growth spurt. He's 5'11", yeah. 240. Um, but he and, ate like Quentin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he can also apparently play uh, like almost like a hybrid safety, too. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what that could turn into. It could it could be one of those things where he could slide in as like an outside linebacker where, you know, on like a nickel package, maybe. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he's he sounded to me like a nickel. Uh, your nickel... Safety, your second strong safety position, or your spot duty linebacker um, coming in. Um, Raquel Armstead, the, the running back out of Temple, I think that's a good pickup, especially with the Fournette injury issues. He's a little bowling ball, you know, 5'11, 225. It's a ball or two. Yeah, I, have, I think that's a good value pick. And I absolutely love the fact that we got Gardner Minshew with the six round pick. Is it the mustache that does it for you? Uh, because it's the mustache, right? Or because it's the Michael Leach guy, too. It's also that. I think that... Hey, I mean, look at our, look at our quarterbacks forever. It's Last year we had Bortles, Tanner Lee, and Cody Kessler. Yeah. Now we've got <laughs> um, Nick Foles, we got Garner Minshew, and then um, probably the Alex McGuff kid that we, got, we signed off of the Seattle... Uh, um, the Seattle uh, practice squad, um, and they were kind uh, Alex McGuff. I think he was. Uh, I think he was Florida International, Florida Atlantic. That sounds right, McGuffy. No, that's that was the autofill. I don't know why I did that. MCG. That's why I didn't find it. He played at Florida International, so he's a Butch Davis guy. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently Seattle was trying to stash him on their practice squad and hope to God nobody found out about him. <laughs> and Jackson to one. He liked him. Um, and then the seventh round pick, Dante, uh, Dontavious Russell. Auburn kid. Don't know much about him. Um, but it's another lineman. You can never have too many linemen. If you go on the pedigree pick alone at worst, he's going to be a rotation guy that's solid. Yeah. You know, Auburn's, Auburn produces defensive linemen too, so. I mean, I, I I don't have any issues with this draft. <clears throat> uh, I know what this is going to sound like when I uh, say it, but I thought it was really interesting that the Browns, moving on to the Browns, mm-hmm. that they went entirely defense because they think that's the problem, not the offense, which I get because their offense is pretty pretty electric. Um, and they've added pieces to their offense in, their, in the offseason. Yeah, I'll forget. Yeah, you add OBJ, you kind of. Yeah. Uh, they added. Just that all that. They added Green and Green Hunt. Greedy. <laughs> Shit, yeah, if he's ever allowed to play. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's available after week eight. Yeah, I'm still yeah, not sure. If they still want to do that, though. They moved Ray Rice around. Sure. Um, uh, I actually really liked the the Taki Taki pick. I just hate saying it. Um, <laughs> Mac Wilson's also a really good pick. Uh, Dummies drafted a kicker in the fifth round. Uh, but Chicago Greedy Williams... Now, we just brought in eight rookies that were undrafted and, like, put them through a hazing virtual. All the Chicago <laughs> Regional High Schoolers that graduated, they just had them all try out. Well, did you hear what they did with the rookie kickers last week? Did I tell you? I think so. They uh, they had they did a big practice, big rookie minicamp, right? And they had the big rookie end of minicamp practice with the kickers. And I think it was eight of them. And they had all eight of them line up at the same place. Uh, Cody Park, he didn't take a 43-yard field goal. 
with the entire <laughs> And only two of the eight hit it. Really? Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like kicking is harder than it looks. But if there was any doubt that uh, the, the media message from the players and the reality from the players is they don't blame Cody Parkey is definitely bollocks after that <laughs> because you don't you don't run that hazing ritual without right. outright blame a certain Parkey. person in mind <laughs> um, so Gritty Williams was uh, a surprise to people that he didn't get drafted the first day in the first round because he was a really good LSU cornerback um, he ends up sliding to the Browns who play the second I think highest zone different they call zone versus man more than every team in the league except for one yeah okay and he is purely a man to man lockdown corner <coughs> all you see now is them in this rookie minicamps and him getting torched fucking left and right because they have him playing 10 yards off the receiver or eight yards on the inside and just getting eaten up because it's not his home. It's the same thing with uh, Sherman. But Richard Sherman is a great man-to-man cornerback. Daryl Rebus was a great man-to-man cornerback. But when you just sit someone into his zone, any quarterback worth their weight is going to fucking pick him apart. Well, it's the thing that pissed me off about Jacksonville last year. You had two really good cornerbacks, and A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey, and you have him play eight, nine yards off the guy. They're getting six, seven yards up the field, take, getting a, running a little hook pattern, yeah. getting six, seven yards every pass, or they're going down the field and somebody's missing a missing a rotation. They're so much better when they can press people right off the bat and right. get in their face. That's how, right. That's how that's how you make pressure if you don't have an elite defensive line. Is you just you press the fuck out of them, and like they have a player to be able to do that now. But like, oh nope, we're gonna have you play. Uh, you're gonna play in this cover three and get fucking torched every other game. That's all I got on the NFL draft. Uh, final thoughts. I've got more hope now for Jacksonville than I probably rightfully should. What is it for this year? I'm really excited to see the Giants just crash. I've never seen a team look so primed for disaster. And I'm, I'm in the NFL since I've been following it, and I'm here for it. I can't wait. There it's is- just going to be so bad. What's going to be even weirder is when they have a really, really bad year, they're going to fire their GM, they're going to fire their coach, and, then and they're, they're going to do exactly what the Cardinals did and try to get rid of Jones. Because yeah. next year's quarterback class is, is fucking Between Tagovailoa, Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah, but the problem is, right, is that Rosen is actually a good quarterback. He was just destined to fail in the system they put him in and like the lack of support he had. Whereas I guess Daniel Jones isn't the caliber that Jake, that Rosen is. No, I think I think Rosen I think Rosen could have succeeded in um, in the Cardinals system just fine. I think the difference is Kingsbury has a love affair with Kyler Murray. He he recruited him to Texas A and M. He had a hand in and getting him to A and M, and then they I both mean, like, left A and M. I'm talking less Kyler Murray and more talking about like Jones and Rosen as a comparison. Yeah, I think right. Rosen's a better quarterback. Than- so like, people ain't going to want to trade for Jones if he busts out. That's, that's what's going to be funny yeah. about it. <laughs> what will happen instead, <laughs> Jones will get traded for a seventh. Yeah, look at... Or How the balls go for? 
What do you mean, like, trade? They just yeah, trade him. He just cut his ass. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Cut his ass. Nobody wanted to take out his contract. Hey, he's, a, he's on a one-year deal with the Rams now, right? Yeah, yeah, nobody, is, yeah. Nobody so when he's in the Super yeah. Bowl, Kyle is going to be fucking... You know what? When the Rams and the Jags are in the Super Bowl and Bortles runs it in from the two-yard line on some goal, I'm going to fucking burn Kyle's going to jump out of a window. Bortles lines up a tight end. Get just one. I'd love to see him try to catch a ball. They can't throw it. It's got to be better than it. Yeah, it's got to be better than throwing it. No, I... Yeah, Bortles, nobody was going to take on his contract. That's why he's only making like two million or something. Making a million. Yeah, Yeah, we cut him. Took the sixteen million dollar cap hit. Jokes on the league. He's fucking paid, dude. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> um, so let's finish the show with uh, soccer talk. Ooh, footy talk. Hi, my name is Joshua Tracy, and I am Corwin Heller, and we are the hosts of a statistics and sports podcast called Juicing the Numbers. We cover the NFL, college football, MLB, and the NHL with anything that we like to talk about in between. If you like sports and the numbers behind it, come check out our show, Juicing the Numbers, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at JuicingPOD. Josh, it's you. Yeah. So we have a lot to cover because there's been a lot going on. And I'm glad. Uh, I said to my just yesterday, should we wait to do this because there's so much more to talk about? But the reality is, is uh, there's been so much go on in the last couple of weeks that we're, we've got more content than I could ask for. So we'll have another um, round of it after the next one because we'll, the we'll, FA yeah. Cup will have ended at that point. And we're recording on the 9th of May, to be clear. So we got one last weekend for the EPL for anybody that. And then the FA Cup the week after. Probably want to cover the football on June the 6th recording because the Champions League will be the Friday, the Saturday the 25th after the FA Cup so we probably want to because we want to include that in the okay. wrap up and we have the special episode next uh, in two weeks oh yes yeah. so maybe we jam in an extra week somewhere in between we that? could do an extra week right after that yeah. if we want so starting at the bottom because we may as well, and we're really only going to be covering the English leagues and the top Drake. European competitions, um, because that's all I follow. So, if you're an MLS fan, tough shit. Um, and if you like Barcelona or Real Madrid, it's not going to be good reading for you when we get to the Champions League. Um, <laughs> league 2. Uh, for anybody who isn't aware, League 2 is the final uh, professional league in English football. Uh, so we have a pyramid system, it goes Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, and after that it goes down into semi-professional. So there was a big thing happened here because Notts County, uh, the smaller club now in Nottingham, got relegated, uh, and they were previously before that the oldest professional club in history in the entire world. Uh, they were founded in 1862. Uh, so being relegated into the semi-pro leagues. Uh, it's like a pretty major like death death knell in history for the wow, for the OG nice. clubs. Um, I suggest anybody look up Notts County N O T T S on their wiki. They have a chart for the progress in the English football system and to see how high they used to be. Yeah, they when I was when I first kind of followed the football, like they were always pretty big. Um, they were always like a like a 
championship or league one side that was there or thereabouts and uh, well they're definitely ain't anymore um, so they went down which is a big shame because anything like that is kind of sad to see um, also my punchline of Yeovil Town is going down <laughs> yeah Yeovil are also sinking without a trace and, and yet uh, they allowed 11 less goals than Knott's did Knott's got lit. they even have a goalie on the roster yeah they a, got lit up it was a pretty goalie. badly at times Milton <laughs> um, <laughs> Keynes Dons the biggest scumbags in football got promoted again, unfortunately. Um, as did Berry, who are lucky to even be a club right now because they're in big financial trouble. That does not so say Berry. It is how you pronounce that. They are just outside of Manchester. It's Burry, sir. No, I mean, I'm Barry. You bury your grand. I always call it Barry. But you call it. <laughs> All right, continue. And the champions were Lincoln City, where I went to university. The Red so Imps. That's nice. The Red Imps. There you uh, go. What, semi finalists in our mascot competition? They're no uh, crappers. They made it up there. Um, so I clearly, they were, we were a good omen for them because uh, they cantered to the title, which is unbelievable because when I was at uni, they were dog shit. <laughs> I went and watched a couple of games when they were in the National League, which is the league below this, and they were just being run over. I thought they were going to go down again. So. Uh, their manager, I can't remember what his name is now, but he's really turned it around there. He has done an absolute wonder job. They were quarterfinalists, to be clear, in our tournament. They lost to Hartlepool United. Who aren't anywhere near as well here. Forest <laughs> <laughs> Green Rovers is the other one I want to talk about because it's fun. Forest uh, Green Rovers are the most eco-friendly club in the world. They are the first vegan football club. In the, in the world. It's the Daniel Bryan of English Premier League. They are the English. Daniel Bryan English. They're the planets of football. Team. Yes, they are the Planets team. And if anybody has 10 minutes to just read about Forest Green, they're genuinely a great read because they are just... They are this self-sustainable Planets team Daniel Bryan type. Is every player yeah. a vegan? No, the... No, not every player is a vegan, but they only serve vegan-friendly food. So okay, if they okay. do want to go and eat something else, they have to just so go elsewhere. Vegan friends. So anything outside of the football, like anything outside <laughs> of their training is fine. But when they come in after their morning session, they're eating everything vegan. So <laughs> there's just their logos are a cycling logo. That's their crest. Do they <laughs> do they tell all their fans that they're impotent and they need to change it? Yeah, but stop. I hope Don't so. buy our stuff because it's bad for the environment. I hope so. But they are uh, they're a likable club despite the, the choices they made. Does their crest have a unicorn? Uh, yes. Their crest does have a unicorn. Uh, they are in the League 2 playoffs. They may well get promoted, which is unbelievable because they got promoted from the semi-pros last year or the year before. Wow. And everybody thought that they were like going to be absolute relegation fodder. They stayed up, strengthened correctly. And they may well be in the third tier of English football. <laughs> okay, so so, time. so four teams move up into the into League One. Yes, and we have four teams go down in League One, uh, which is kind of why it's fun to cover all of these because every single division had mad drama this year, which is a, above the normal levels for anybody who follows football at all or really cares. There was some talking points all the way through. So like Notts County going down is like a huge historic moment. League One, uh, up until the final day of the season, anybody in 13th could have been relegated. Wow. <sighs> yeah. We have never had I... that amount of teams on the cusp before. Jeez. Um, it is just unreal. And I know that, I think it was about, with 40 games played with just six to go, I think it was everybody from 10th down 
was in danger, which That's is just mental. Uh, Bradford City obviously sunk without a trace. Scunthorpe United and Walsall also didn't really stand much of a chance. Uh, but Plymouth Argyle, AFC Wimbledon, Southend. All of those ones above them were all playing for their lives on the final game of the season. And it looks like Wimbledon basically backed their ass into the into playing into playing next year. Yes, essentially. And Plymouth Argyle. Did they, lose, did they lose five of their last six? Yeah, it looks like Plymouth Argyle got points in all six of their last matches and didn't. Oh, that yeah, that makes me feel so bad for them. That's brutal. You get points. You kept getting points, and it just didn't do didn't anything matter. to save you. <laughs> oh. It was yeah, it was brutal. Um, I'm a big fan of Plymouth too, so I was kind of sad that they got relegated. Uh, oh wait, no, it looks like okay. They, so they so they drew or won all their last six. Plymouth lost. lost, okay, lost. So Plymouth lost. Okay, I was reading it. AFC wrong. Wimbledon are the ones that took points from everything. Okay, um, so so Plymouth Argyle looked like. It looked like in the last one, last try that we were looking at, those, those were filled with yeah. white. And it so like towards the end, with about six games to go, Rochdale were beyond screwed. And they went and picked up 12 points in their last six games to fly out of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was... To go five spots safe. It was incredible. It's, it was... I couldn't imagine the drama of being a fan of any of those bottom half because it's just none of you were safe. Um... And then the top half, Luton Town, Boo. out of all the teams in this league, big fallen giants in there, Portsmouth, Chartman Athletic, Barnsley, Sunderland, Doncaster, Coventry City, who were in the Premier League when I first started watching the football. Um, Blackpool. Blackpool, who have had time in the Premier League. Uh, Southend were a half-decent side before. Bradford City were a Premier League 20 years ago. And Luton Town... Beat them all to the championship. <laughs> That's Watford's rival? That's Watford's biggest rival. <laughs> They're coming for you. <laughs> nah, they can have another year to get yeah. out to <laughs> Barnsley also rise up. Uh, and funnily enough, we, we, we'll see this trend um, in both League One and the championship. Um, this is four very established teams that are used to playing at a higher level all in the playoffs. So Charlton Athletic, Portsmouth, Sunderland, and Doncaster Rovers have all had lots of time above this division. So these are all four very well-established clubs, and there's going to be teams coming down and coming up that won't be able to pick who they want gone because all of them are good. They'd rather three of those four gone up than Luton or Barnsley. Only five matches out of 46, Sunderland didn't get points. Yes. Fucking outrageous. Yep. They lost less games than Luton, but they just drew too many. And you see that in so many divisions, and we'll see it in the next couple, actually. That was, that was how they stayed in the Premier League for as long as they, were, they kept drawing. Look at Barnsley kicking ass at the end of the season to, to get to that second yeah. spot, and Sunderland playing like poo-poo. And Charlton, too. Like, they gave everything they could. They just could not sneak in above Barnsley. What if Sunderland makes it up to the... Yeah, Sunderland, Sunderland's three of their last six were their, like... The, it doubled four, their loss total. Four of their last six, they they got they took two points from their last twelve. That's what cost them, one hundred percent. But they have five losses all all year, and three of them came in the last six, which yeah. is fucking wild. Bottled it massively. They were six so right. Dipshits, yeah. Uh, so we have Charlton Athletic playing back. Doncaster Rovers in the playoff semi final. One Portsmouth playing Sunderland in the other one. That is one hell of a uh, travel for either of those fans when they go to the away leg. 
Portsmouth, who are on the south coast, and Sunderland, who are in the northeast. It's probably one of the highest round trips you'll get in the UK. Um, Brighton, Newcastle. It's like Atlanta to Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is, but with like the density of of traffic, it's just like makes it insane. Um, At this level, they're all taking buses, I presume. Trains usually, but trip I have to it's a trip I have to make home every week, every day. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle's commute. So moving up to the championship, uh, there isn't a great deal to talk about going down. Yeah, Bolton, uh, Ipswich Town, <laughs> Ipswich Town going down was a big shock because I haven't seen Ipswich Town below the championship, and I can't I can't remember the last time they would being taken down to League One. The Tractor so, Boys, the Tractor Boys, another member mm. of the uh, mascot championship. They, they did very badly. Five wins all season in a 46-game season. Ooh, rough. Bottom Wanderers. Uh, Fucked off at the end of the season. They also. may well not even be a club next year. They've just been placed into administration. At a very bare minimum, they're probably going to start with a minus 10 or minus 15 points deficit in the next league. Oh, if they their players have. didn't get paid since like the beginning of March. Jesus. Yes, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no, you're right. There's, there's been a lot of problems. Um, Rotherham, who are the perennial yo-yo team between this league and the one below, like they are the West Brom of the Championship to League One. All they do is go up and down <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds like hell, man. That <laughs> sounds like hell. It's, it's bad enough being a Premier League yo-yo team because at least you're getting the money. But being a championship to League One one is just it sucks. They just they they are in this hell. Um, <laughs> the hellscape that is just to yeah. never come close to playing less than forty six games a year. Like just at least you yeah. you lighten your load too going up to the Premier. <laughs> <laughs> and then going up, which is the kind of the business end where most people are really paying attention. Uh, Norwich City recruited incredibly well this year. They signed Timo Pucci or Pucci. I'm not sure how you spell his name. On a free transfer, he is Finnish, and he has just destroyed the league. He has scored uh, just an outrageous amount of goals. Let me see. He's their top scorer by a mile. Um, he. Let me see how many goals he's scored for Norwich this season. He's played 43 games for Norwich and scored 29 goals. <laughs> he has just swept this league apart. Um I was actually saying on one of my podcasts that if Norwich didn't go up, I'd love us to get him. I'd love us to sign him. Uh, but he wasn't having none of that. <laughs> he he yeah. dragged him kicking and screaming to the Premier League, so that's that fucking gone. Um, Chris Wilder at Sheffield United is a very cool, young, and upcoming manager, and all f- teams from 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th are much bigger than Sheffield United, with much bigger budgets. So to get them second was... A hell of a bit of management from him. He will be one to keep an eye on next year in the Premier League. He's your David Wagner, where you Huddersfield were expected to sink without a trace, and he performed a miracle in that first year. Yeah. Wilder might well do the same. And then you have a real juicy bunch of playoffs. Anybody but Leeds, right? That's for me, yeah, for anyone me. but Leeds. Um, I'm here for Derby County going up. I've never had a good away day at Derby, so I'm biased. But see, I, I like, I'm here for I like West Brom out of any of them, just because I always like the WBA look. I don't know. The problem for I don't want them up just because they've been up recently. Yeah, and the problem with West Brom, with all three of these, all four of these teams. So in the playoffs, we're going to have Leeds United play Derby, 
and West Brom play Aston Villa, which is a big derby, by the way. West Brom and Aston Villa is going to be a big rivalry because they're both in Birmingham. Um, so there might be some violence there with whoever loses. Uh, yeah. Um, Peaky Blinders come 2019. Yeah, send me a picture of that guy that got a smile and I put him on a yeah. podcast art. Um, <laughs> Frank Lampard manages Derby County, which would be a huge deal for them to go up because Frank Lampard is like an England legend, Chelsea legend. Yeah. So I think a lot of the media would want him to come up because mm-hmm. it's, it's Frank Lampard's Derby County. Right. Um, Leeds are the perennial balance that think they're better than everybody else so they have a chance to come back the media want them to come up I'm sure but no one else outside of Leeds wants them anywhere <laughs> near it um, because there's so many Leeds fans the media knows it's going to get clicks whereas everybody else fucking hates them and doesn't they're the University of Texas <laughs> they are <laughs> uh, West Brom like you said they've been up and down they just went down this past year That's they did we got um, Foster from and Aston Villa, who are a much bigger club than a championship one, and yet just can't seem to get it right in the back room. Didn't you say Villa uh, always has? They always do this. They're they're like they've been a yo-yo team for as long as you can remember. No, that's West Brom. Okay, Aston Villa were a Premier League team for my entire life. Before they were one of the longest-serving Premier League teams in history before that's they got relegated. Their kits are very Burnley in us. Yeah, when you have Burnley, <laughs> West Ham, and Aston Villa in the same division, like you just get real pissed off with seeing Claret and Blue. <laughs> like, it's just every other week. Um, who's your pick? I already said I'm, I'm here for Derby. Okay. West Brom. I'm going with Villa. God, means Leeds is going to go through. God, I can't pick Leeds though. I can't. Yeah, but the way you shit all over you next year. I make the safe pick. I think Sheffield's definitely going to come up. That's a good, that's good, a, good for you. I guess. <laughs> really um, taking a taking a leave right there. I'm real exactly. proud of you. One more thing to cover: Bristol City's manager Lee Johnson, very talented manager. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him managing a Premier League team by the beginning of August. I don't know who. He's a young someone, dude too, though, right? He is a young dude. Bristol City are nowhere near good enough to be in 8th place and challenge him for a playoff spot every year. But they are. Oh, does this also mean that we're not going to have a Welsh team in the uh, in the Premier League next year? Yes, for the first time since 2011, we have no Welsh team in the Premier League. Because Swansea is nowhere near it. Bringing us on to that, let's go, let's go to the Premier League. Uh, we have wrapped up every single race there is except for the biggest one. Um, Huddersfield Town are relegated... When? The end Christmas. of March, I think. Might have been February. They were they were actually the, the earliest relegated club in like something like 40 years. Like there hasn't been a team relegated that early on in They're the season. They're atoning for the magic trick that they pulled staying up last year. Yeah, pretty much. And yet they attained more points. They still weren't the worst points total ever. I believe that still belongs to Derby with nine. <laughs> All season. Outrageous. I would have to double check it. It was <laughs> in my lifetime. Let me double check it right now. Uh, how miserable would that be? Uh, was, how bad if it was the and, first week they got a win? <laughs> they just got six points. A lot of these were in my time. Uh, Sunderland, yep. sixth lowest with 24 points. Uh, Sunderland again, <laughs> fifth lowest with 19 points. Portsmouth with 19 points. Villa with 17 Sunderland again with 15 
<laughs> and oh, Derby County. Eleven. It wasn't. I'm so sorry, Derby County fans. It wasn't nine points. You actually accumulated eleven. You still drew twice more than we. <laughs> Their only win was a 1-0 success over Newcastle in September, which, for what it's worth, is the second month of the season. So for the next eight months of football, we never saw another win. Um, and yeah, Jesus. that was they were relegated on the 29th of March, the earliest ever relegation from a top flight. So I'd have to double check as to when Hudders was, but it was probably maybe a week after, because uh, they were still the worst team ever. <laughs> That's really bad. Fulham, who spent more net transfer than any other team outside of the top six, and actually including teams in the top six, they spent over a hundred million pound this year. Um, Didn't matter. And teams like Watford, who spent something like forty million net spend, Everton, who spent something like the same amount net spend, Spurs. I mean, they're a little bit different because they are so well built, but they uh, they didn't spend a penny. Fulham was sunk with that race. They went down 26 points. I don't uh, like that. kind of wanted them to stick around. I, I mean, soft spot who, for Fulham. 29 yeah. of their 26 points came in the last four games. I of the can't season. imagine why Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> fans. You can't turn it on so late. But I, I, I am a fan of Fulham too. There's a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for them because... I like their shitty little stadium where you have to walk in from the street. Their stadium is one of the most fun away days you will ever go to. They've also got a cool look, too. I like their kit, and I like their their crest. They are honestly one of the most fun away days ever. It helps that we've won every time I've gone. You enjoy yourself a little Craven Cottage? It is great. It's such fun. Sheffield Wednesday is also one of the best away days for, like, looks in the stadium, and, like, they're similar builds. Like, they're proper old-school grounds. It's wild watching them walk, like, the teams when they're... Yeah, over the backyards, right? Yeah, yeah, they're just walking in from the street. A <laughs> couple of teams played with fire, big time. Burnley decided to do absolutely nothing until after Christmas. They looked gone without a trace until they got knocked out of Europe and sorted themselves out at the end of the year and ended up finishing way clear. But they made, they finished with 40 points. I won't be surprised if 30 of those were after December. They were in a bad way for a long time. Southampton... Um, have flirted with the relegation spots all the way through the season and just about stayed up thanks to a good last six or seven games. And Brighton did the complete opposite to Burnley, where they got almost all of their points before Christmas and decided to do nothing else ever since. (laughs) It's been a fun year, a fun half year for you. There was a couple of uh, very lucky draws at the end. Well, not lucky because they worked very hard for them, but... They pulled it out of the bag when they needed it most because they were in deep shit before that. That just about kept them up. Well, and you're only a few minutes away from having four draws there, right? When they let out that late goal against... Um, or was it the really early goal against Man City? Or, God damn it, who was it? Tottenham, the last Tottenham. second when yeah. you left. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, that was right. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Cardiff being very hard done by with their decisions because Neil Warnock has done an incredible job of propagating that biggest thing to look forward to next year is the introduction of VAR and see really how that pans out I would love to see a VAR adjusted table for this year just to see where everybody sits because I'm not sure if Cardiff probably will be relegated I think Southampton or Burnley may well take that spot because I think both Brighton, Cardiff and Newcastle would be the biggest winners of the VAR adjustment because you can probably give them all 
six to ten points, and you can probably take away a couple for those other clubs, which would bust them. Wolves took the seventh spot, so they may have a chance into Europe. Manchester United and Arsenal took the top six. Europa League beckons Manchester United and Arsenal. Possibly. We'll get into that shortly. Tottenham take the top six. Top four, barring a mathematical miracle. Uh, there <laughs> needs to be an eight-goal swing between Arsenal and Spurs' games at the end of the year. So it could happen, but it probably won't. Chelsea ended up comfortably sneaking into top four when, for a while in the middle of the year, they looked bad. Everybody wanted Sarri out, and they managed to sneak in anyway. Biggest story is obviously the final day of the season. Manchester City and Liverpool duke it out for the title. Man City are the reigning champs. Liverpool ain't won in 20-odd years. Liverpool go at home to Wolves, I believe, and City go away to the Amex, needing to better their results. I think Manchester City probably wins it, right? I think Brighton plays fast and loose, and they're relaxed, which is a dangerous Brighton. If, if, If Brighton perform how they did against Arsenal, they'll cause them some problems. But... City are just such a level above that I'm not sure it's going to happen. I imagine City will probably beat them 2-0 or something like that. But it's going to be fun, because after this week of European competition, you never know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. Moving on to the predictions that we made, and then we'll finish with Europe, and then we're done. We have got five... Five? Five of the uh, predictions that we made that have been decided... Uh, and one extra for me. <laughs> so, uh, relegated. We've decided the relegation spots. Marty decided that Saints were going to go down. They escaped the chop. Uh, and me and Kyle also believe that Cardiff were gone. We got that right. One Ooh. point for us. Uh, the Ajax loving continued with Marty, and he nailed that uh, because they beat Juventus in that Champions League quarterfinal. Uh, Juventus absolutely dog shit. Uh, and Josh <laughs> minus one. Uh, Barca and United, United. We all knew that United were going to flop. Barca cruised. We all got that right. And Porto against Liverpool was kind of harsh on Porto. Liverpool obviously crushed them and we're all through to the next round. Uh, Kyle, the standout prediction from City Spurs. Uh, both Marty and myself went with City winning that leg. Did not happen. Spurs are now through to a Champions League final. Um, which leaves the Champions League winner prediction up for grabs between two of you because I naively went with City winning everything um, and you did not you went with Liverpool winning it so if Liverpool win the Champions League final you both get a point otherwise Spurs are going to play spoiler and red us all out <laughs> so the only chance I have of winning this is if Dalafayu as the first goal scored. No, because we're going to add a new prediction to the mix. Oh. We never included the Europa League. Okay. Now, the Europa League just got decided maybe 40 minutes ago. For the first time in history, four English clubs will be in the finals of both European competitions. Really? Liverpool will play Spurs in the Champions League final. Chelsea plays Man And Chelsea will play Arsenal. Arsenal. After Arsenal dick Valencia 5 or 6 2 on aggregate, um, and Chelsea just won their penalty shootout against Eintracht Frankfurt. So, Europa League final, 
Arsenal versus Chelsea, North London derby. Who you got? Kyle needs to pick first. Because you'll just take the opposite. That's exactly what I'm going to do. It's the only chance I've got, right? Pretty much. I, I mean, similarly Arsenal. to this. Arsenal's going to be trying to do that. Oh my so, they, so they can get into I thought I was going to get stuck with Arsenal. No. <laughs> Give me Chelsea. Arsenal is going to be playing with the fire of a thousand suns so that they can get into the Champions League instead of... Arsenal's going to score two own goals. They'll be his fucking mess. They're going to be a disaster. I'm also going with Chelsea. And Basuma's uh, going to laugh and just be in the front row laughing. Because <laughs> I just don't trust Arsenal's defensive line. I think they're going to... I think that Chelsea will win it. Um, and if they win, as Kyle was saying, they're Champions League bound. So... There's going to be, uh, it will be big for Arsenal to win that because if they do, we then have five teams in the Champions League. Wolves definitely get a European spot. And I believe Watford, if they were to beat City, then get another one. So you'd have eight English teams in Europe, which is like insane. Yeah. The only chance I have of getting a win here is if City win the league on Sunday uh, because that's the only differential I have. And then it comes to the first goal scorers at the FA Cup. If Liverpool win, the league on Sunday, I'm fucked, so I'm now stuck between <laughs> wanting my team to spoil the party, but not for my own selfish yeah. podcast needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that that, has, that bears no fruit. Right. Yeah. Nothing that at serves all. you the least. Credit with two people that don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the tiebreaker, what was that again? Uh, the minute the first goal. In oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of faith in Watford to score first. Last thing we want to cover, really, is the, the, the route to the finals for these Champions Leagues. We had two games this week. We had Barcelona, <coughs> Barcelona, who were 3-0 up going into Anfield. And we had Tottenham Hotspur going into the final 45 minutes at Ajax 3-0 down. And both Liverpool and Spurs are now in a Champions League final. And Liverpool played without... Salah and without Firmino Firmino and just fucking dominated the best player <laughs> in the world's team yes didn't matter they had Origi Divock Origi and Lucas Moura have probably made more money in their next wage race <laughs> from that game alone <laughs> from those games alone there was talk at the starting of, in the transfer window this past summer of Watford trying to go out and get Origi and I was really like okay yeah I'm done cool with that there was there was talk of him coming to Brighton too there was every team in the bottom 10 were looking at Origi because Liverpool were clear that they were looking to shop him out on one yeah. and Watford would have been a hell of a when you look at Watford now like yeah. 7th place would have probably been yeah. theirs if they'd have took him and if we'd have took him we'd never have been in relegation trouble we'd have been 15th yeah. no he would have been scoreless through 12 hours <laughs> or whatever fucking length it was <laughs> but just incredible scenes Lucas Moura scoring at the last second the, the sadness on every Ajax player's face when they fall flat out of their face <laughs> only because it was like it was such a it was a great play and what seemed like such a letdown of a goal because it never, it just looked like it just rolled in, like nice and slow. It wasn't like a screamer, like the company goal. Right. You know, it was just like, it sucks, man. It just I was here in. for fucking AX. I really was. Yeah, I, I, so was I, honestly. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, there is, you got, you're going to have one or two people in England, either, and it's generally top six fans. If you're a Liverpool fan, 
you want every other team to be shit in Europe because you want you to be the best. If you're not a top six fan, usually you want every English club to do excellently because it reflects on you. <laughs> like if you're then playing in the same league as four European finalists and you're making an offer to a player in the Spanish league, like it helps. And they say, oh cool, I can go get go play in the best league. Is there not any like by proxy cheering for Ajax because they're they are lesser than? Every yes. You're gonna have a whole bunch of people that are underdog fans. You're gonna have a whole people bunch of people that just enjoy the way Ajax play because they are like Barcelona like they're really, really sexy when they play that football that they do. So, but their last names are just a lot harder to say. Yeah, pretty much. But they'll be back, I'm sure, because they're, they're always. Do you think they're always there? Do you think there's there's a a kickback to a team like that getting hot and then just getting raided by La Liga or EPL or anyone else? Yeah, AS Monaco did it two years ago. Mbappe is gone. Bernardo Silva is gone. And there's two or three others that left. And I mean, the, those clubs are well paid for it, but it's still... But it just depends on the investment they make. I mean, when you look, I, there's more than just those two, but when you think Mbappe and Bernardo Silva, who are now two of the best players in the world, yeah. left Monaco, and they haven't, they clearly haven't invested well because they're not in the same spot they were with them. Yeah. So... Ajax will be in trouble, but Ajax have always had a much better... Um, Ajax have always been a big club, because they're the biggest club in Holland, and it's going to take a miracle for them not to be. They're the only club in the capital that's big, they and will, they have a big youth system. Too. They will consistently make the Champions League because they will consistently win that win that uh, division. Did yeah. you know what they're and if they don't, they're going to win the cup that gets them into the qualifying rounds, and nine times out of ten, they'll sneak into the qualifier. So, so they have four nicknames. Do you know what I mean? Ajax. Ajax. Yeah. There's Lucky, Lucky Ajax, which is just the Orange Man. Uh, is that the Dutch? I, I'm not going to try to pronounce the. I'm not going to try to pronounce. <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce the Dutch version of them. But one is called the no, Lan- the Lancers. You want me to try? All yeah. Right. Uh, e Lancieri. I don't even know what the dialect of sounded Italian. Italian. <laughs> That's why I have no That's idea. The what the dialect I don't know where the emphasis should be. Um, De Joden. Which is the Jews? <laughs> I mean, Tottenham Hotspur are also that way. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur is one of their chances. Yidos. <laughs> Fuck. And then uh, go on, you whites. Wait, was that is that Tottenham? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's more just come on, you Spurs, but they come on, white. Okay. So, uh, they 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 Godenzonen, which is sons of the gods, which truly Ooh, is that's a bad one of the best name. nicknames. That should have been in that. Al- sons of the gods is fucking. Wicked. I think the Garden Zone is also the uh, the mode that you play on in um in any fighting game where you can't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's the game genie uh, cheat code. You have to spell out the Garden Zone. Uh, guys, thank you for listening to the Garden Zone podcast. Um, God, if we had to say that every single episode, it'd be awful. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, Feel free to rate if you want. Mostly just review, subscribe. We want uh, new listeners. We want you to talk to us. Give us some ideas if you want. We're not short on ideas, but we want to please you guys. And Ooh. on that note, uh, our next episode is going to be a very, very, very special episode. We're going to have a special guest. And um, 
get your tinfoil hats on for conspiracy talk because that's what it's going to be about. Get a fucking bag of weed or whatever you want to do. Get a line. Get beer. Get whiskey. Settle down. Get the gardens open. Turn your lights. Turn, turn your <laughs> lights off. Doing? Eat some cheese before you go to sleep. And just relax. Watch the X Files at least two episodes before you listen. At least um, we got a special episode with uh, Mr. Bobby. We're just going to call him Mr. Bobby. I think. I think that's the best. I'm not even sure he wants us to tell him that far of his name. Uh, it's just kid stuff. Uh, it's the woke lion. I think is what he calls himself we just, on Facebook. Just, so we can just go with woke lion Bobby. Sure. The WLB. Uh, have a good one, guys.